uh, service, so don't run off and go home. We got food back there that we better eat. <laughs> you know, that's the thing we have to do. You know, I know if it was tomorrow, I'll eat it. I know. Anyway, so anyway, okay, enough, that's it. Okay, um, now a year ago, actually a year ago last Sunday, I was going to talk about this last Sunday, but Val preached and did a good job. So I'm going to talk a little bit about this this morning. A year ago, I stood here and I, w- and I said that a year from now, I'm going to stand up here and we're going to look back and see what God has done. And now it's been a year and we look back and we see what God has done. I know we were, we were wondering, we thought our whole world was falling apart and a lot of things were going on and we was wondering how God was going to do it. But God did it. We're still here. We still have church. And we look back and, and the place didn't fall apart. And I'm excited about that because God's faithful. God is the one that's faithful. Doesn't have anything to do with me. Doesn't have anything to do with anybody else's God. See, because I preached on God will build his church. And God's going to build his church. And he's going to continue to build his church. And he's going to continue to build this church. And then in a year from now, we're going to have, we'll look back and we're going to see what have we accomplished in this last year. Well, we can see what we accomplished. We got fellowship halls cleaned up or got a brand new kitchen in there that we get to enjoy. So it's exciting. So actually, we did, God did just a great job, didn't he? God does when we let him, when we trust him. And sometimes we wonder, how are we going to do it? Well, we're wondering how we're going to do it. We're not going to be able to. We'll fail. But when we turn everything over to God, when we turn everything into his, put it in his hands, then we can let him do the work through us, and we can see what he can do. Because God has a will and a purpose for every one of us here this morning, and if we allow him to, he'll do a better job than what we could ever think about doing. And that's exciting to me. Now, as far as the next year goes, I want to let you know what my vision is. Because, see, just because we got a kitchen in there, that isn't the end of it, see? Because, see, I can't stop. i got to look forward and keep going on. Because with people, if you don't have a vision, you'll perish. you got to have a reason to, to do things. you got to have something to look forward to. You go to work every day because you're looking forward to a paycheck. If they quit paying you, I don't think you'd show up. <laughs> How many of you would go to work if they quit paying you? I didn't think so. <laughs> So you have a vision, you have a hope of that paycheck at the end of the week or the end of the two weeks, whatever it is, and that's what keeps you going, and it keeps you getting up in the morning and keeps you going to work. Well, that's the same thing in, when you come into the kingdom of God. We've got to have a purpose. Of course, heaven's our goal. I have a goal of make it to heaven, but I don't know when that's going to be that we're going to get there. The Lord could come today, he could come tomorrow, or I could die today or tomorrow, and so could you. Just because I'm a little older than some of you doesn't mean that, you know, I'm going to die before you are, because that isn't necessarily going to be the case. <laughs> We're not guaranteed anything. We're guaranteed this moment. But we have to have a vision. We have to have a purpose for being while we're here. And my purpose for the next year is to tear out some walls. Tear these walls out back to the office. Tear that wall back to the fellowship hall. Put a new sound room in. That's my, I'd like to have that done next year, but we'll see. But I have a vision, and there's no reason why we can't do it. See, all you got to do is if, if all of you would invite one person, to, one new family to come, hey, we'd have to tear it out. See? Now, I look, all of you look guilty, like, so, okay, how am I going to invite a family to come? <laughs> I won't show hands because I, I don't want you to commit to something, then feel bad and let the devil use it to guilt, get a guilt trip on you. But see, we, this could happen overnight. We could end up with a lot of people here to where we need the facilities and I like to plan in advance uh, to a certain degree I don't believe in build it and they will come I don't believe in that even though there was a movie about that field of dreams build it and they will come (laughs) 
I don't think any dead people are going to come and show up because those are the ones that go into the field that he built. So I don't believe in that. I believe that when you have a need, then you, that, that's the point that you do it. Because if we ever, you know, rip out all these walls or just us, we'll all feel lost and be depressed because, man, <laughs> make it feel like there's less of us. So but those are my plans because I believe we're going to have people we're going to fill up this place. So I, I have that faith, and I have that belief that we're going to do that. How God's going to do it, I don't know. But I didn't know how he's going to pull off the last year either. I just have the confidence in God knowing that he's going to do that. And that's the vision for the, next, for the next year. So hopefully, by this time next year, we'll be looking at a new fellowship hall, or an enlarged one anyway. And then what we're, we hope to do is we'll take out all these pews and we'll put chairs in, and then we'll have tables, and we can turn the whole thing into a fellowship hall for tables and that. Because if we double the size of our congregation, that little room in there ain't going to be big enough for us to have pop blessings in. And I'd like to continue to have pop blessings, wouldn't you? It's kind of fun. I like, I like eating. I like eating all these different things that other people cook. <laughs> a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So that's kind of my plan for the, for the next year, so you'll know. Because I'm always going to have a vision, and after that I'll have another one. So I'm just going to take them one at a time. And I'm going to do it. Because see, I'm pregnant with a fellowship hall and a bigger room. <laughs> Before I was pregnant with a kitchen, now, I, now we have a kitchen. So I've got to have something else. But we're going to do that. And I believe that we together, because I believe that's God's will for us to expand. God wants us to reach more people. And we have to have the facilities in place in order to do that. And so, but I have a faith and a confidence that we're going to do that. And I'm thankful to God, because he's the one that, that did, has done all this. We look around us and we, and we see, you know, God's put all these things together. And God is the one that's enabled all of us to be a part of it. Because without your giving, without your faithfulness, we couldn't do anything around here. We could we have to turn the lights off because we couldn't pay the bills. And it costs a lot of money to run churches, you know, because you know how much it costs to run your house. <laughs> so, but it's your faithfulness in giving to God. And I'm thankful for, for all of you here. I'm thankful for all your support that you've given unto us for this, this past year. And I look forward to the support that you, you're going to give us in the future. And I look forward to growing to closer together until the Lord comes and takes us home. And I'm excited about that, too. So, and that can happen at any time. So that's my little update about our, because um, I said I would stand here and say that. Otherwise, that's the only reason I had to stand here and say it, <laughs> was because of the fact that I told you that, that I would. Okay, now, we're going to be in First, of the, First Thessalonians. Actually, we're going to be skipping around the, the, this morning a few verses, but uh, our theme verse is going to be First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter and the 18th verse. Now, this is Thanksgiving, in case you didn't know. You didn't know it on your calendar. You couldn't tell it. Actually, you ought to know it's Thanksgiving because they got Christmas stuff out already, don't they? <laughs> so we know it must be Thanksgiving because they got Christmas stuff out. And why do they put out all the Christmas stuff so early? Why do they do that? Well, they don't want you to think about how thankful you are, so they want to commercialize Thanksgiving right out of the way so you'll think about how much stuff you want. So you'll buy more stuff. That's why they do it. Let's forget about being thankful, because if you're thankful, then you might be content and not spend any money. So let's bring this stuff out. Let's encourage you to uh, spend more money. So 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. Be thankful in all circumstances. Now, sometimes it's hard to be thankful in some circumstances we go through, isn't it? 
I've been through a lot of situations in my life where I wasn't very thankful. And I thought, man, I'm supposed to be thankful for this, you know, if you're, if you're sick, you don't feel very good. It's not a time that you really feel very thankful. But it says, the Bible says no matter what your circumstances are, be thankful. Because we have to train ourselves to be thankful. Because God wants us to be thankful because it says this is God's will for our life. He wants us to be thankful when we're in the valley and we're in the mountaintop. It's easier to be thankful on the mountaintop. But if we're on the mountaintop all the time and never in the valley, then all of a sudden we wouldn't be that thankful on the mountaintop because we take it for granted. Don't we take everything for granted as it is in America? We take for granted all our freedoms that we have. We just sit around and do nothing because we expect it until they start disappearing. But if we're not thankful for things and we're just used to this all the time, all the time, all the time, then we get used to it. And then all of a sudden we're not thankful. And then when we're not thankful, it changes our whole outlook on life. So we need to find something in every circumstance that we're in to be thankful. If you don't feel very good and you got, you're sick and you got a headache or something like that, be thankful you got aspirin you can take. Be thankful, you know, you got doctors that you can go see. Be thankful, whatever it is, the situation is. We need to, be, we need to teach ourselves to be thankful because naturally we're not thankful people. We know that as we look at little kids. They're not very thankful when they're little. They go, they're expecting, they expect you to do these things for me. That's mine, everything's mine, 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 you know. That's my toy. Even if it's at your house, it's my toy. When they try to take you, they hit you over the head with a toy or something. Because we're not, we're, we don't know how to be thankful. We have to be taught how to be thankful. And that's why we spend so much time trying to teach our kids how to be thankful. When somebody gives them something, we tell them to say thank you. We have to tell them, don't we? Very rarely they're going to just automatically say it. Because we always say, when, what do you say, Johnny? Thank you. Because <laughs> it isn't something that comes natural with us. And so we need to be aware of that. And with, I think that our founding fathers knew that. That's why they decided we was going to have one day a year set aside to do nothing but be thankful. And I think that it's uh, kind of, we've kind of lost that perspective now, just turned into Happy Turkey Day instead of Happy Thanksgiving. Isn't it? <laughs> happy Turkey Day. How many, have you ever said that, Happy Turkey Day? I've said that before. I try not to say, I don't know whether I've said it other now uh, as a Christian because I'm, try, I'm trying to be more conscious about the holidays and, and keep them in the way that they're set up. But we're basically not very thankful people. But that isn't God's will for our life. Uh, Dr. Dale Robbins, he wrote, I used to think people complained because they had a lot of problems. But I have come to realize that they have problems because they complain. Complaining doesn't change anything or make situations better. It amplifies frustration, spreads discontentment and discord, and can invoke an invitation for the devil to cause havoc within our lives. Complaining makes us miserable. Doesn't it? Doesn't it make us miserable? Psalm 77, 3 says, I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Complaining is, is very depressing. If you notice that, if you start complaining about something, how all of a sudden you start thinking about more things to complain about, and then you start thinking about more things to complain about, it's amazing because it, it just fills your life up with things, and pretty soon you're depressed, and you're not happy, and you're wondering, oh, man, and all of a sudden you don't feel good. What's going on in my life? Well, it's because your spirit was overwhelmed when you complain, and it isn't God's will that we complain. And don't you just hate to be around a complainer? All they do is complain, complain, complain. You're around them for two minutes, and all of a sudden you go away, and you're so depressed. I'm mean, kidding. You want to wipe somebody's, a smile off somebody's face? Just start complaining. 
That'll do it. Because that complaining spirit, man, I'll tell you, it, it is just like a bacteria. It just grows and grows and grows. And if we let it, if we start complaining and we're not aware of it in our life, then all of a sudden all we do is complain and we're never thankful. Because complaining is just the opposite of being thankful. And so if we want to be thankful people, stop complaining. It's real easy to do. But unfortunately, if we took all the complaining out of most of our language, we wouldn't have nothing to say, would we? <laughs> I'd be speechless some days. <laughs> want to make a woman speechless? Tell her she can't complain anymore. I know you men do it too. I've heard you. <laughs> so, but that's one thing that we can do. And a lot of things in our life is, is kind of a perspective thing, isn't it? Sometimes we think that uh, this is a bad situation when someone else thinks it's a good situation. Uh, I'm reminded about the lady that was out after a big snowstorm shoveling snow in her driveway, and she's shoveling away, and her neighbor come, and she waved at her neighbor, and he says, where's your husband out? How come he isn't out here helping you? And he says, well, she said, well, we drew straws. And, and uh, the one who... who we drew straws, and one of them had to stay in the house with the kids, and the other one had to shovel the snow. And the guy says, well, I'm sorry that you lost for your bad luck. She says, what do you mean, sorry? I won. <laughs> and I know them times. I remember those days. Man, I don't want to go out and work in a yard. I'd rather go out and shovel snow than be with kids some days. All the mothers and even fathers can know that. When my kids were sick when they were little, I didn't stay home with them. Hey, why do I want to stay home and ruin my day with a sick kid? Let the babysitter do it. That's what she gets paid for. Of course, I had one that came to the house, and it was just them. So it wasn't like it was going to spread it to anybody else. So, hey, man, well, I'm going to stay home. I'll stay home when I feel good, and i got to leave the kids somewhere else, and I'm going to enjoy the day. That was my attitude. So, you know, that's the way it is. But anyway, it's all in perspective of what we think. Because the thing may look bad to one person, something to complain about, but somebody else is something to be joyful about. And I'm, that's why we need to look for something in, in the circumstances that we're in that we can be joyful about that situation. Philippians 2.13 says, Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault, in a crooked and depraved generation, in which you shine like stars in the universe. People love to be around a positive person, don't they? I think that's, that's one thing that people can sense when we're Christians, because there's an attitude about us that isn't in the world. And a lot of people in the world may not know what that attitude is or what it is that's going on in our lives, not knowing us very well. But Christians aren't supposed to be people that complain because we like to be around positive people. And the Bible says when you're like that, if you don't complain and argue, take, like I said, take out complaining and arguing in our lives, we won't have nothing to say. It'll be silence. <laughs> but it says, uh, in which you will shine like stars in the universe. When we don't argue and complain then we can shine like stars. In other words, Christ's light can shine through us, and people will want to be around us. Irregardless of what, they may ask you, what is it about you that's different? Well, number one, I'm not arguing and complaining all the time. <laughs> that's a big thing in this world because we look around the society today, and everybody's arguing and complaining about something, aren't they? Man, I'll tell you, if you listen to all of it, it'd make you wonder, man, no wonder so many people are committing suicide because you listen to all this stuff going around in the world. But that isn't God's will. He says we need to, instead of looking at the negatives and playing, we need to look at the positive and give thanks. Because everything that we're in, we can find something positive about. And our key verse again, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will in Christ Jesus. This is God's will for our life, to give thanks. A lot of people say, I want to know what God's will is for my life. Well, God's will for your life is to be thankful. If you're thankful and give thanks for everything that you have in your life, 
then God is going to be able to work through you because he works through thankful people. It's hard to work through an ungrateful person. Have you ever tried to tell an ungrateful person what's something to do? You can't. It's, man, they just... People at work, you know, they go to work because they have to go to work. They don't want to be there. They hate their job. And you're sitting there and trying to tell them what to do. Well, they don't want to be there. They're not thankful that they've got a job. They're not thankful that they're working. So it's hard to get people to do something. Well, that's the same thing that God has with us. If we're not thankful people and we don't have his gratitude in our hearts, we can't shine like stars. People won't be drawn to us. They'll be turned away from us. And they won't want anything that we have. And that's a, a good thing that we can do. First uh, Timothy 6:17 says, "Command those who are rich in, in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant. Don't you just hate to be around somebody that has a lot of money or something? All they do is brag about all the things that they have. Don't you hate that? And no matter what you've got, they got something better." Or you bought a new car, well, you bought a new Chevy, and they bought a new Mercedes or something, you know? It just seems like, oh, man, I hate being around people that just are very arrogant about the, the, about the things that they have. And God says, command those people not to be arrogant. And actually, all of us are wealthy people. Compared to the rest of the world, we're very wealthy. I don't care where you're at as far as finances are concerned, how much money you make, it doesn't make any difference. Compared to third world countries, we're wealthy. And we're, Americans are arrogant people, generally. I mean, there's a difference in being pr- in pride in your country than there is in arrogancy. There's been a, quite a bit of difference. And God says, don't be arrogant. Don't flaunt it over, to, over someone else. Don't brag about how good you are and how lowly you are and how much better you are than someone else is. God says, don't do that. And it says, command those who are rich in this present world. They're rich in this present world. Let's see... For wealth, see, rich in this present world, they're arrogant to put their hope in wealth. Don't put their hope in health, which is so uncertain. Wealth is uncertain. You know, I don't care how wealthy someone is, it can be gone tomorrow. Now, we found that reality to be so in this economy we're in. A lot of people used to have a lot of money. They look forward to their retirement because they've been socking money away for 40, 50 years, and one morning it was gone. So if we put our hope in wealth and in money, we're going to be in trouble. Because it can be gone. Because it's so uncertain. You never know from one day to the other. God isn't uh, held to the economy of our nation or America. Anybody's economy. God has his only own economy. And when we're plugged into God, he said he'll take care of us. So we don't have to worry about that. But we can't put our hope and confidence in wealth. We are, can't be thankful. I mean, I'm thankful that I have enough money to pay my bills and pay you know, things I need to pay. And I, we need to do that every day. That I pray, I say, God, I'm thankful for what I have. I'm thankful for a home. I'm thankful for for money to be able to pay my bills. I'm thankful for food to eat. I'm thankful for all these things. And we need to be aware of that all the time. Because if we don't, then we start getting into the I'm old and living type attitude. And we have a generation of I'm old stuff too, don't we? I'm entitled to this. I'm entitled to have a house and you can pay for it. I'm entitled to have a nice car and you have to pay for it. I'm entitled to health care and you have to pay for it. We have an entitlement generation that's coming up. The only problem is their entitlement comes out of my pocket and it comes out of your pocket. And that isn't the way the Bible works and that isn't the God's plan works. And we're going to see what happens if they keep doing it. We're not going to have a country anymore because there isn't an entitlement. God has a plan that you work and God blesses what you work and you're thankful for what what God has given you. Then he gives you more. See, because every one of us has as much money as God can trust us with. 
If God can only trust you with 100 bucks, that's all he's going to give you. He can, you people say, well, I'm going to win the lottery. If I win the lottery, then I'm going to start paying tithes. No, you won't. If you can't pay money on $100, you can't pay $10 on $100, what makes you think you're going to be able to pay money on a million dollars? You won't. Because all of a sudden, $10 don't seem so much. But $100,000 or something, man, that seems like a lot of money, doesn't it? <laughs> so it won't. See, it, we're, God, we have as much money as God can trust us with because we're stewards. Everything we have belongs to God. And we're just stewards. When we come to stand before him, he's going to say, good and faithful servant, welcome, well done. Come enter into the joys prepared for you. Servant. Well, servants don't own anything. Their masters own everything. And when we realize that everything we have belongs to God, and we ask God, how do you want me to use this? Use this? What do you want me to do with it? We, then we become thankful. If you have a servant in your house and you treat him well, I've never had a servant. My kids thought they were the servants in the house. <laughs> but anyway, and you treat them, treat them with respect in that, they, learn, they grow to love you more. Don't they? Well, when we, when, when, when we have a servant's attitude towards God and we do things for God, and God wants to reward us. God wants to give us more things because he can trust us with more. He's not worried about you taking that $100,000 and going and blowing it on stuff. He has a plan for the money when he gives it to us. God has no, no objections to us having nice houses and nice cars, and I think Christians should have, live in the best houses, drive the fanciest cars, and have the most money. And I believe God would like to do that to every single Christian that's ever been born again. But the problem is he can't, because you give some people money, you give them a lot of these things, and it chases them away from God. All of a sudden, their attitudes change. All of a sudden, they forget God, and then they, they do other things with the money than God wants them to do. So that's why everybody doesn't have money, because God can't trust us with it. I keep telling God, God, you can trust me with more. Honestly, you can. Please, you can, you can, I know. <laughs> anyway, but he knows better. So, <clears throat> see, God wants us in that same. He says, God will richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. See, God created the whole earth for us to enjoy. He created the lakes and the streams and the canyons and all these beautiful things for us to do, hunting, fishing, and all these other kind of things. But the problem is we go out and enjoy it so much that we can't get up to go to work or we can't get up and go to church on Sunday because we're too tired. Well, that isn't God's will. God created us for to enjoy, but he didn't plan for us to enjoy him when we should be in church. God has nothing against us having a good time. And there are times that you're away from home and different things happen. I understand that. But generally speaking, people say, oh, man, I, Sunday's the only day I can sleep in. Well, you're losing a blessing if you sleep in instead of getting up and going to church because God blesses our effort that we have. And if we were thankful to God for having the job, having a nice soft bed to sleep in, then we'd get up and come to church and be thankful. Say, well, I'm thankful for the privilege to go to church because there's people in the world where they'd give anything if they had the liberty that we have just to come to church. That'd be a wonderful thing for them. So we're very, very ungrateful pe people. We worship our work. We work at our play and play at our worship. We've got the whole thing all mixed up. We're supposed to work at work, play at play, and worship at worship instead of the other way around. And that's why we're all messed up. Because our, our, our worship and that is going out and trying to have fun. We want to go out and enjoy life. Man, I worked hard all week. I deserved a good day, a good weekend, a good day off to work. I meant to play. So I'm going to have a good time. And then we wear ourselves out. I know I've been there. Go out there and you're so tired you can't even get up the next morning or whatever. 
But anyway, that isn't God's will. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And don't, uh, 4b to 5 says, Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, for such turn away. In the last days, it says that that's what's going to happen. People are going to be more lovers of pleasure. Don't we? Isn't that the nation, nation we live in today? All they want is pleasure, going out and have fun, everything like anything for enjoyment. The economy may be tanking, but people are still buying uh, video games. They're still buying all this, a lot of things that you would think that they shouldn't be buying because the economy is so poor. But movies, are, people are still going to see movies. That, what is it, uh, mo New Moon or something? I don't know what it was about. It just came out. And I can't imagine somebody getting up and standing in line at 2 o'clock in the morning or whatever it is, standing up for a, see a movie at 2 o'clock in the morning. I just can't imagine that. It just blows my mind. Me, if I want to watch the movie, I'll wait till it comes out on DVD or pay-per-view, and then if I want to watch it, I'll watch it. I just can't, I can't understand that. But we live in a society that's engrossed in pleasure. All they want to do is get, 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 go, have fun, good time, and whatever. doesn't matter. Paying 20 bucks to get up or 30 bucks. I don't even know what it costs to go to the theater anymore. But anyway, it's just kind of amazing to me that people do that. James 1.17 says, good, Every good and perfect gift is from above. Everything that good that we have in our life is from God. See, but we need to be thankful for those gifts. When we get a gift, we need to say thank you. And some of us, it's, it's hard for us to say thank you because we have a little bit of this entitlement attitude. We, we, we live like we, it's such a privilege for you to give me something. <laughs> and that's the way my kids were. They thought, man, they, just, they were just so wonderful and joyous. It was just wonderful for me to have an opportunity to give it to them. <laughs> and they grow with ingratitude in their hearts. And as Christians, we can't do that because when we do, then we're choosing the pleasures of life and we're not being thankful. The pleasures of life are all right. We need to do things, every, all things in moderation. The Bible says there's nothing wrong with going out, boating, fishing, hunting, whatever it might be. But we do it in moderation. You can't be obsessed with it. We can't be obsessed with the pleasures of life. Because when we're obsessed with the pleasures of life, then we're not seeking God. If we sought God as much as we seek the pleasures of life, our lives would change. We'd live, and then we'd be more thankful. Because, man, you can't get in the presence of God without being thankful. Anyway, I can't. Because I'm thankful I'm even allowed in the room with God. Man, I'll tell you, I'm thankful he doesn't kill me. <laughs> I'm thankful that he's covered me with his righteousness and he protects me so I can just boldly walk into the throne of God. I'm thankful for that privilege. I'm thankful I don't have to go kill a lamb. I couldn't afford all the sacrifices that I'd have to make for sin. I couldn't afford it. I'm glad I can just boldly walk in there and say, God, I messed up again. And then tell him what I did. Of course, he knows what I did. I don't really have to tell him, but I, you know, I have to confess it. I have to tell him, you know, I did, I did this. I messed up. God, you know, forgive me. Well, I have to do this. But I'm thankful for the privilege that I can go there, and I don't have to have people around listening to find out what I did. You know, everybody's standing in line behind me waiting their turn to give their sacrifice to the priest, and you're telling the priest what it is, and, you know, and he's probably praying, okay, as I slip this float, this is for your bad attitude. <laughs> Or this is for, for lying to your neighbor or cheating your neighbor, whatever it is. And everybody in the whole line is going to hear about it. Pretty soon it all over the church. Can you see it when you come up here with our sacrifices? Okay, Brother Randy, what did you do this week? <laughs> and everybody in the church knows about it. And then they go, oh, did you hear what Brother Randy did? <gasps> oh. I'd be, I w I'm glad we don't have to do that. I'm so thankful I don't have to do that. 
I wouldn't want anybody to know some of the things I do because sometimes I have a bad stinking attitude. And I have to confess though that attitude a lot. Or I'm tired. I say, God, I'm tired. <laughs> I don't want to be here. I want to be in bed asleep. I'm tired. But then you come in there and you start talking about, about to, to God and start looking and listening to things that we're thankful for. I just have to start thinking about how thankful I am. I'm thankful for his provision. Say, so you're my Jehovah Jireh, you're my provider. And all of a sudden, I start thinking about everything that he's provided for me. And all of a sudden, my attitude's starting to change because then I turn into more of a thankful pe- person. And then I can talk to God a little easier because I'm thankful. I'm thankful he wants to talk to me. I don't know why he wants to talk to me. I haven't a clue. I don't think I've ever said anything intelligent enough that God wants to hear. But I'm thankful that he loves me and that he wants to spend time with me. I'm thankful for that. One of the things that kids want when they're little is their father's time, to spend, just spend time with their dad, to have him play ball with them or something for 10 minutes, just throw the ball back and forth. Man, that's a great thing for their little kid. Well, God's the same way. He wants us to spend time with him. He's thankful for the time we spend with him. How about that? God loves to spend time with us. And when we're thankful people, then we want to spend time with God because he's the source of everything that we have. Because everything that we have, everything that's good in our life is from God. So I'm thankful for that. And when we, all we do is seek for more and more and more and more of the pleasures of life or more things, it just eats us up. And then we kick God out the side door. We don't have time for God when we're pursuing things. Uh, 1 Timothy 6 extends. 610 says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced them through with many sorrows. When people pursue, all they do is pursue things. It just turns them into something that you don't want to be around. We've got dads that are workaholics that don't know their families, and their families grow up without them, and they have nothing to do with them. And then when they get older, they don't have any family, and they have nothing left because they spent their whole life at work instead of in their family. Pursuing things. When you pursue things, you have to get rid of something else. Because you only, we only have time and things enough things in our life for so many things. When we put God in our life, he uh, gives us the moderation that we need. Okay, have, have fun over here, do this, work go work, and do all these things. Our life is balanced. But when it's all about under, overbalanced into seeking things, 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 then we're going to get out of underbalance and we're not going to be happy. And then we're going to start complaining, we're going to start grumbling, and then next thing we know, we're not going to want to come to church, we're not going to want to do anything because it, it consumes us, and it controls us, and that isn't what God wants for our life. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, again, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Man, we're the luckiest people in the world to live where we live. There was a guy that one time he found a, uh, the ticket agency that collects tickets, money for parking tickets. They opened an envelope, and in the envelope was a $5 bill attached to a ticket citation. And uh, it, with a note that said, I found this ticket on the ground, and I decided, I don't know whose it was, I don't know where it came, I don't know what blew off somebody's windshield or what, what happened to it. He says, but I don't know who it belonged to. And he says, I'm going to send in the $5 for them because I've gotten away with uh, parking sometimes and I didn't get a ticket. That's gratitude, isn't it? You're, you're thankful that you, you didn't get that ticket, and you're kind of paying it forward. You've heard about those things, paying it forward. <laughs> Well, well, that's what God is. We've got to pay it forward. We've got to thank God for the things. I thank God in advance for the things he's provided. See, I thank God for that kitchen back there before I ever seen it. If I hadn't thanked God in advance for something, I don't know if we'd got it. I don't know whether it would be sitting there. 
Because I, when we thank God for things in advance, then it becomes real to us. And thankfulness is something that God wants us to, to have. Uh, some years ago, uh, there was a cartoon with Charlie Brown where he brings uh, Snoopy his dog food on Thanksgiving Day, and he brings it out and he gives it to Snoopy, and, and Snoopy looks at it and he says, dog food? He says, Thanksgiving? All throughout all the world, they're eating turkey and all the trimmings, and all I get is dog food? Because I'm a dog, I get dog food on Thanksgiving. And then he sat there and he stared at the dish of dog food for a few minutes, and, and then he said, well, I guess it could be worse. I could be the turkey. <laughs> and sometimes when we, when we compare things and put things in perspective, it creates an attitude of thanksgiving. I'm thankful I'm not a turkey today. <laughs> I'm thankful that I'm not living in a third world country. I'm thankful for a lot of things. If we just start looking for things to be thankful for, it changes our attitude and it changes who we are. And all of a sudden the complaining goes way down because thankful people don't complain very much because they're more concentrated on the things that they have, not on the things that they don't have. Why well, don't I want to waste all my energy on things I don't have, thinking about what I, what I didn't have? That's, that's crazy, it wastes a lot of energy. But if I'm th thinking about all the things I'm thankful for, and it opens up an attitude toward God, and it changes my heart, and it opens up the windows of heaven so God can bless me more, because I'm a thankful person. I don't mind, you don't mind giving something to somebody that's thankful. You don't mind helping somebody out if they're thankful. When you go help somebody because they got they uh, asked you to, they're moving or something, you go help them, you go move them, and you're the only one there, and you, you've hurt your back, and you've strained yourself, and then you leave, and they don't even say thank you. Man, that really makes you feel good, doesn't it? <laughs> but if we say thank you, and we really act like we're thankful, when somebody says thank you, there's just something that makes you, makes you feel good about helping somebody, makes you feel good about doing things. Well, we've got to be on the other end of that. So we've got to make sure that we know to say thank you. Somebody does something for us, say thank you. Make thankfulness and gratitude a part of our everyday life, not just on Thanksgiving, not just once a year when, when we have a holiday on the calendar that, that just comes before Christmas so we can have Thanksgiving hurry up for Black Friday or whatever it is afterwards. There's more to it than that, and our forefathers knew that, and that's why they created the holiday. Uh, several years ago, some German immigrants to America told this story of a woman living on a farm in Germany who brought to her minister an amount in German money equivalent to about $10 in American money. As she laid down the money, she said, in former years, I had to pay about this amount in medicine. This year, there had been no sickness in our family. I want to show my gratitude to the Lord in this way. Sometime later, the same woman came to her minister with about $5, explaining that many of, our of her neighbors had suffered some loss in a recent windstorm, but that her farm had been spared. I bring the church this donation as an offering of thanks. That's gratitude, isn't it? Thankful for the things that could have happened. You know, when you hear of all these things that are going on in the world, you know, if, somebody, if a lot of people's lost their job and you're have, you still have a job, we need to be thankful about that. Say, man, I'm thankful I have a job. I may not like my job very much, but I'm thankful I have a job in this economy. And we need to do that because when we're thankful for the things that we have, then God can bless us because he loves to bless through an attitude of thanksgiving. Uh, somebody wrote, I'm thankful for all the taxes I pay because it means I'm employed. I'm thankful for, the, for clothes that fit a little too snug because it means I have enough to eat. I'm thankful for a lawn that needs mowing, windows that need cleaning, things that need fixing. It means I have a home. I'm thankful for the spot I had at the far end of the parking lot because it means I am capable of walking. 
I'm thankful for my heating bill because it means I'm warm. I'm thankful for all the complaining I hear about our government because it means we have a freedom of speech. For a while, for a while. <laughs> I'm thankful for the lady behind me in church who sings off key because it means that I can hear. I can't blame that because it's me probably bouncing off the wall. <laughs> I'm thankful for the alarm that goes off in the early morning hours because it means that I'm alive. I'm thankful for the aching muscles at the end of the day because it means I've been productive. There's a lot of things that we can find to be thankful about. I'm thankful for my husband. I'm very thankful for my husband. I thank God every day for my husband. I love him, and he's a great guy. I love him. He's my best friend, and I can't even imagine trying to pass through this church without him. I can't because he's such a, he's such a help to me, and he's not one of those macho men that... that, that can't live with his, his wife doing something that isn't a traditional job. I'm, I'm very thankful for that because I've had people at the district office tell me, you know, I couldn't, my wife couldn't be a pastor of a church and me be her husband. I couldn't do that, Mr. Macho Man. I want to say, well, Mr. Macho Man, that's why God didn't call your wife. <laughs> See, God knows he puts people together to be able to do his work. And he's put every one of us here this morning in this church because he has a plan for this church and every one of us here has a, has a part, a part to play in it. And I'm thankful for every one of you. Um, a young man was feeling very proud of himself as a brand new college graduate and had taken a CPA exam and passed with flying colors. Now he was a full-fledged certified public accountant. His father had been an immigrant to the United States and now owned his own little business. Filled with self-importance, the young man began to criticize his father's way of keeping books. He said, Dad, you don't even know how much profit you've made. Over here in this drawer are your accounts receivable. Over here are your receipts, and you keep all your money in the cash register. You don't have any idea how much money you've made. The father answered, Son, when I came to this country, the only thing I owned was a pair of pants. Now your brother is a doctor, your sister is an art teacher, and you are a CPA. Your mother and I own our home, we have a car, and we own this little business. Now add that up, subtract the pants, and all else is profit. <laughs> Isn't that the way it is, you know? We come into this world with nothing. All we have is the eternal soul God gave us. Anything that you have, that you possess in this life, it's profit. Everything. If you have $10 in your pocket, it's profit. If you have a house, it's profit. If you have a car, it's profit. And though that profit was given to us by God. And we need to have an attitude of thanksgiving. Not once a year, but every day of the year. We can never give too much thanks to God. Because we have it too good in America. And we enjoy life so much. And though out of those two things, we are the most ungrateful people that there are. People that live in object poverty are more thankful and grateful than what we are for all the wealth that we have. But I won't want that to be, be my life. First Thessalonians, again, our key scripture said, First Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And if it's God's will for us to be thankful, we know that there's a benefit in it. So if, we don't, if only to be thankful just because there's going to be a benefit in it. We may not know what it is, but there's going to be a benefit in it. Changes our whole attitude. Because it's in the attitude. 
You can get up in the morning and say, good Lord, it's morning, or you can say, good morning, Lord. The choice is ours. But guess which kind of day you're going to have? You say, good Lord, it's morning, you're probably going to have a bad day. And you're going to be late for work. Every, every stoplight's going to be red. That's the way it is, because you've already made your mind up. But you say, good morning, Lord, this is going to be a good, good day, and I'm excited about this day, and I'm looking forward to what you're going to do today. It's in your attitude. It's in our gratitude. And God wants us to have an attitude of gratitude. And I want to have an attitude of gratitude, don't you? Let's pray. Our precious Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. And I thank you, Lord, for, for one day, Lord, that our nation has set aside, Lord, to be thankful. But I pray, Lord, that that one day a year does not come into our hearts as Christians, Lord. We want to be thankful every day of the year. Help us, Lord, to fill our lives, Lord, with thankfulness and gratitude, Lord. Give us an attitude of gratitude so, because we are truly blessed. We have blessed, been blessed more than any other nation in the world. And help us, Lord, to realize that and to be thankful and to be grateful for everything that you've done for us. Especially, Lord, for your salvation, Lord, and coming and dying on a cross for our sin. I'm thankful, Lord, that you provided for my salvation above all things that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that you called my name and you saved me and you redeemed me, Lord. And I'm thankful, for Lord, for this congregation, Lord, who has called out to you. And I just pray, Lord, that it infuse in each one of our hearts an attitude of gratitude. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen.